Why? Like, that's your nightmare? I feel like getting kidnapped and murdered by bears who do it, like, slowly, one claw at a time, just peeling the skin from my bones is much worse than stomach cancer. Stomach cancer you can explain, but murderous bears that are torturing humans? That's fucked up beyond any sort of belief. You want, to, you want to launch it into this thing? Want to give it some, put a little, a oh. little English on it? Hello, hello. Welcome <laughs> to the What a Disaster podcast. I'm your host, Gregory Allen. And with me, as usual, is Richard Sawasinski. Unfortunately, Liz got lost in Arctic North. She's oh, unable to. God, that's yeah. where she is. You just came over. You left, and then you told me to put some English on it, on the <laughs> intro. Like, you don't even seem upset. Listen, it's fine. When we're done here. We'll go looking for. Does she have batteries to transmit like anything about where she might be? I mean, she does, but she likes she has the Pokemon and being in the oh, Arctic North. You know, yeah. the, the rare Pokemon that are up there. Yeah, I yeah. told her to not worry about like getting a hold of us and just worry about catching her mods. For sure. Yeah, no, I totally get it. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this, you being like the audience, you not you, Richard, the one that I'm looking at, um, and you like you want to chat with us? I do. Richard, stop! I'm not talking to you. Oh, I'm talking. Sorry. To the audience. If you'd like to chat with us, not you, Richard, the audience. Okay. Uh, you, can, you can, uh, I mean, if you want to chat with us, you don't have to follow us on Twitter, I don't think, but it probably would help me feel better. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Podwad. Uh, we're on the Facebook, of course. Um, we're on Instagram as Wad Podcast. I think so. Yeah, Wad Podcast. That sounds right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same as our Twitter, but completely different. Right? Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's if you find one, you can find all because we link to everything. <laughs> That's true. Everything links from everything else. So if yeah. you find one, you can find the others. Facebook's probably the easiest way to find us. But Zuckerberg is a shithead. lifeless android, and it's a shithead. Is a lifeless <laughs> android who's stealing your your clicks. Yeah. So you don't want him to have all your clicks. No. If, what's he doing with all our clicks? He's keeping them in like um, a click cave. Do you think he's got like a vault? A click? Do you think he dives <laughs> through clicks like Scrooge McDuck in oh, his vault? I think we thought about that. Of course of he does. Just swimming through our clicks. Yeah. But if you weren't him, you would get like impaled by clicks. Yeah, you'd just <laughs> land right on top of them. But because it's Zuckerberg's stuff, they would explode and kill you. Yeah. Yeah. This That's is perfect. Up. Yeah. Zuckerberg is such a piece of shit. He's horrible. Awful. Terrible. The worst. Um, yeah, you can also call. You can leave us a voicemail. Maybe we'll answer it. That's always a possibility, too. <laughs> the The phone number is 209-781-9113. I didn't put the three out here, but you do it anyways. Oh, you have a you have a homework assignment, Greg. Write a jingle. You're gonna write. You're gonna learn. You're learning the piano. Learning I want the piano. I want so you to use the silliest sound and make us a little jingle. All right. Yeah. So. If you if you haven't already like grabbed your phone and started calling to ask us questions about what we're doing right now, uh, do this in the, this immediate right now. You'd never get a hold of us because you're not listening to this live while we're recording it. We're not doing this live. No, not for your sake. Jesus, it's like six cuts before we even got to this. Part. You are really needy. You know what? Yeah, that's like really. You want us to do this live for you every single time? This take a little bit of effort. We both put minimal effort into this. I mean, a lot of effort into this. Yeah, I mean, um. Jeff just keeps calling me. Jeff. Jeff again. Jeff, Jeff. please just stop, man. Seriously. Quit. <sighs> and that's his personal cell phone. You're not even calling the the, the WAD podcast uh, emergency helpline. I don't even know how he got that. I mean, after the restraining order, you know what? I don't even want to get into it. I'm the I'm my lawyer. There's an open case. Yeah. Just yep. Jeff. D- just chill, man. Jeff, please chill. You're not doing yourself any favors. Zero favors, Jeff. 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 Stop. All right. 
So, welcome to the the episode of Wad Podcast today. Oh, wait, what number are we? I meant to write that in oh, there. Oh, you know what? You didn't put it down, but I will kill time telling people that we're in the Podcastle. At my, it's a Greg Podcastle Studios recording this one live in front of nobody. Um, you're more than welcome to come over. Like, I'm cool with visitors. If you want to come hang out, I'll hang out. I'm, I'm already hanging out, so. Yeah, Richard's here. I'm here. Come hang out. I can't hang out twice, but I'll try. Yeah. See what we can do. Let's so see. today we're we're watching the 1953 airplane disaster film Island in the Sky. Which is actually, I feel like, less a uh, airplane disaster and more a stranded in the middle of nowhere disaster. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I struggled to classify it, so I called it an airplane disaster movie. Sure, um, we were episode forty-one, actually, believe it or not, forty-one. This wow. is season three, episode three. Yeah, four. four. Episode yeah. four, season three, episode four. That's good. Yeah, this was based on a book, right? Yeah, this was based on a book of the same name, and actually, the, um, the screen, um, the screenwriter, the screenplay writer, was the same person who wrote the book. Oh, so it's a pretty, I like when that happens because that usually yeah. they can they can figure out how they want to tell the story in the different medium. I wonder if the book was as aggressively boring as the film. I I I feel like a book can only be as uh, boring as your imagination lets it. Yeah, for right? sure. And you can you kind of read faster in the parts that like are boring you. Like when I read uh, Tolkien's books, for example, if they sang a song, I was like, how many pages does this song go? It's a little hard to do yeah. that in the movie. Yeah, you don't necessarily want to miss anything. By fast forwarding it, fast forward, and you can't fast forward the whole theater. People get mad about that. Did we say this movie was made in 1953? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. old. That's why the color was broken. I was the weird. color was broken. Yeah. Yes, it was weird. So what we la- we watched one that was in color that was older than this. 51. Yeah, the last one was yeah. in color. What's up with that? I don't why know. Aren't they, why aren't they making movies in color yet in the 50s? I think it's an expense thing at this point. Still, eh. I wasn't all the color done in post production. Who cares? Back then, I don't know. What do I look like some sort of 1950s movie fucking nerd. No, but you think for now on when there's if we know these movies ahead of time, like the where's next Nick? One, tell Nick to tell us how the color did. Yeah, yeah. The, how's the color done in in old movies? I don't know if you know about movies in general or if it's just the disaster movies or what. But I'm curious, man. Can we get serious for a minute? Yeah, serious. Just you and I. Yeah, just uh, you and me, buddy. We owe we owe Nick a lot of apologies. We owe him at least three apologies. At the yeah, time. like so Nick Nick wrote me last week and was like, so uh, you guys gonna call me? Here's my number. No, here's the thing, Nick. It's been rough. I don't have a show. We I didn't have a show. I'm yeah. sorry, man. It, it was it was it was a team effort at failure, but we failed. We uh, did fail together. I didn't want to call him today because we're trying to, we're trying to get back on schedule. And Greg and I have a lot in our plates, and um, that's why we're so fat. We're fat because we eat everything that's on our plate. Oh, yeah, which yeah. are very full. Yeah, you're right. We have a lot on our plate because we want to keep getting fatter. Yeah, you're correct. So we owe Nick, and Nick, I told you I was going to call you for this movie. Uh, I didn't tell you that today because, like I said, I didn't want to tell you two, and we ended up doing four, which is what we ended up doing. So Yeah, we fucked this up. Nick, we again, love you. it's my fault. This is 100% on me. Uh, it's it's the holiday season. I, I was out longer than I wanted to be trying to do some some gift shopping. Some shopping good for gifts. gifts. Uh, I got I got a good gift for, for Leopold. He's going to be so excited. Uh, he's not going to listen to this, so I will tell you what it is. It is... The boat playset from The Incredibles 2. Oh, and uh, Leopold loves boats. And this is a boat that is also a toy, unlike these ridiculous fucking models that we buy for him that he just keeps breaking the masts off of. Oh, and then it gets sad. 
Yeah, he's such a baby. He says, Ugh. yeah. God. He's acting like a four-year-old when this stuff You'd breaks. think he would just grow up and exactly. be a five-year-old. So, uh, here we go. We've got the 1953 disaster film, uh, Island in the Sky, about a... It's, it's a, they're a, No, they're ex-military, or they, are they military currently, this crew? John Wayne's uh, crew. They are... Um, did, I know they're civilians helping the military with deliveries. It's post-World uh, War II. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so some of these people were in the military, but they're all they're civilians now. Okay. So there's actually a couple times they're like, you can't order me around. Like, yeah, you're like my boss, but you're not my like right. boss. You're not my superior officer. I can't go to jail for saying no to you. Right. You know? Right. No so, threat of violence for okay. saying no. Yeah. I mean, this isn't really a challenge question necessarily, so we'll just do it this way. We'll, we'll both give the plot breakdown. So uh, do you have your timer out or do you want me to get my timer out? I'll put my timer. I'll put timer on the clock. All right. My, I've got 30 seconds on the clock. Richard, break down the plot of this movie, which was directed by William A. Wellman and based on a novel written by Ernest K. Gann. Ready, a steady, a go. Thank you, Greg. Island in the Sky is a movie about how boring it would be to spend six plus days stuck in the cold ass middle of nowhere after your plane freezes out of the sky. It's a movie about survival. It's a movie about death. It's a movie about John Wayne. He wrote it down and he did not practice it because it took him about eight seconds before he was done with what he had written. I down. know it's so quick. <laughs> we can talk about anything. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm great. Yeah. Thank you. How many uh, seconds do I have? Left? All right, you're just... out of time now. So uh, <laughs> that's great. I'm glad you wrote it down and did not realize that it would not last anywhere near 30 seconds. I'm impressed. And you did keep it going. So you'll get extra points for that. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to break this down. Ready, set and go so island in the sky is about a bunch of people who decided that it was cool to like fly where they shouldn't be flying and when they realized they couldn't land any fucking where decided to fly further the further north so that the ice that was built up would get better and stronger and maybe they were hoping that would protect their plane from crashing when they (laughs) had to crash into the forest it was like extra shielding then they crash uh one of the guys bites it and the rest get rescued and uh, it, it was just kind of dull, and John Wayne being John Wayne. Yeah, perfect timing. You were, like, right at the 30 on that. Yeah. You know, uh, they did they did crash their plane. Uh, it didn't crash, it landed it, but the reason why they flew out there is because um, John Wayne said it's flatter. Or we call him, his name's Dooley in this. Yeah, Dooley. Pa- Papa Sky Dad. Papa Sky Dad. He was like, it's flatter Papa there. Dooley. Papa Sky Dad Dooley. Papa Dooley. I like Papa Dooley. You like Papa Dooley? I like Papa right. Dooley. Okay, we'll go Papi with Papa Dooley. Papi Dooley? Papi Dooley. Papi do- pa- Papa Dooley. All right, Papa, Papa Dooley. Dooley. Sounds like that uh, pasta. It does sound like that pasta. Yeah, that, those fat noodles. Yeah. yeah. Some sauce. Papa Dooley. Maybe bit some cheese. Sauce. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Parmesan. Oh. Get some Parmesan on there. Parmesan. It's a great stuff, my friend. You try it with the pasta sauce and the Parmesan. Is that your Italian uh, accent? I don't know what that was. <laughs> is that what that is? It was some, it it's, was an accent. It's like Super Mario Brother accent. <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. Uh, Read what IMDb said about this, Greg. Middle C. Ah, it's back. It's your song. What did IMDb say about this? Uh, IMDb described the movie as a C-47 transport plane named the Corsair makes a forced landing in the frozen wastes of Quebec and the plane's pilot, Captain Dooley, must keep his men alive in deadly conditions while waiting for rescue. The Duke. The Duke. I hear a lot about how great John Wayne is from... Pilgrim. Old people. (laughs) (laughs) And I've watched a bunch of John Wayne movies, 
and very few of them made me think, wow, John Wayne is great. Every movie I've seen with John Wayne is John Wayne being the same person oh, yeah. every single time. It's, it's, he's not good. He's just not. That, and maybe it's because it's um, that generation, that man's man era where it's just tough guys got to be tough, silent, just making sure it gets done and tell people how to do things without taking any guff. Yeah, yeah, the man in charge, um, the Duke, John Wayne Pilgrim. Yeah. It just, it doesn't, it did not hold up, in my opinion. That whole you know, mentality is just, well, first it's gross, and second it's ineffective. It was in, always bad for society. Yeah. It was never good for society. Um, people love watching it, apparently. Did you? Uh, did your dad, growing up, watch John Wayne movies ever? Was that, I mean, he's a little young for that. Yeah, my dad watched some John Wayne movies. He was more uh, into Clint Eastwood. More his era. Yeah. Uh, Clint Eastwood was a little more, like, edgy. And Yeah, I would say, for sure, Clint Eastwood is edgy, and his movies are generally better. Yeah, Man, John Wayne I westerns watched... are bad. Those spaghetti westerns, like, my grandfather raised me. Yeah. So he was a Korean War vet, so just the right age for yeah. John Wayne. Yep. And, and he would fall asleep on the couch. Like when before I started school, he'd fall asleep on the couch, and I would just be stuck watching these John, John Wayne, Wayne movies. They, as soon as he starts speaking, I get a little nostalgic. Nostalgic, but I also get very sleepy. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's nap time. I need a peanut butter jelly sandwich and a nap. Peanut bro and jelly. Yeah. Um, no, I could, I can see that, especially since that's just kind of what happened when yeah. he was watching them. He does have a great voice. Like it cuts through those cheap old mics really well. Like I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. It certainly carries better than ours. The way he delivers his his lines. Uh, well, he gets that little, uh, that lilt or whatever you want to call it. and It gets worse as he gets yeah. older. Like, he's a little younger in this film. He never doesn't look young, but he's no, definitely a little say, younger. He looks yeah. terrible in all of his movies. Oh, so bad. Marlon. Wake up. Come on, Mac. Wake up. The field wants you to come right over. Get out of here. Give me that flash. No, Mac. Now, please. You want to fix it, Gotta Get up. They want you at the field right now. Get the pitch up, then, and leave me be. Please, Mac. I ain't going to wake you up no more if you keep heaving me out of the window. Yeah, all right. I'm sorry, Rennie. Close the dang window. And nobody mattered in this movie. Like, there was never anything that was going to happen to any of these people. It was just conversations and then conversations in airplanes and then conversations in the snow. Oh, yeah. This is a whole damn movie. It's just conversations. There's no risk of any, no existential threat aside from what we were made aware of at the start. And even that proved to be inconsequential. Right. Middle C. (laughs) Welcome to Rick's Fact Corner, where Rick tells us facts in a corner. And it, where Greg makes me sit when I come over his house. Yeah, I mean, like, 100%. He's got a... It's taped off. My <laughs> kids aren't allowed in there because of infections. And yeah, it's getting Richard's gross. not allowed out of them unless he's wearing a hazmat suit. Yeah, so. but it's gross. I'm like, it's like reverse bubble boy. Yep. So, this is what I found out. I got went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with this one, Greg. Um, I got a couple of facts about old Bill Wellman. William Wellman. Wild Bill, as he was known by really his friends. Wellman, huh? Yeah, he actually was known as Wild Bill by his friends. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, sounds like a twerp. Oh, he was a, he's, he's a big old piece of shit. Uh, Mr. Wellman, he, uh, he, he acted in a few films after... First, he was a pilot in um, the French, some sort of French 
uh, Lafayette Airborne Troop. I guess he was part of more international. Like, uh, was he part of World War Two? No, was it, it was II a little back? bit post World War Two, I believe. Uh, it was some sort of international um, French military. I don't know. I okay. couldn't. I couldn't figure out what missions he flew in, and I don't know enough about the history. I kind of skimmed over it. Sure. But he was shot down. Um, you know, so he's, he 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 served. He was, I guess, a man's man for that. What a guy. When he got done, when he got done being a pilot, some of his pilot friends were like, you know, you're pretty handsome. I'm working in Hollywood. You should come be an actor. And he was like, sure, why not? So Mr. Wellman, he he acted in a couple of films, the last of which was called um, Evangelin or Evangelin, okay. and he was fired for sla- yeah he was fu- he was fired for slapping the lead actress, who happened to be married to the director of that movie. Like who the yeah. fuck? Uh, I I don't know what was going on in history. It, everybody's so aggressive. Yeah, why is that okay? It's not. It's and it's never been effective. It's just. You know yeah, he was only fired because it was his wife, the, the director's oh, wife, yeah, too. for sure. If it was and just then, like a normal actress, he would have been fine. Yep. That's the cynic in me, but I believe that because he had a long career acting like this. Yeah. A very long career acting like this. Um, So another interesting fact about Mr. Wellman. Tell me. Is he won an Academy Award for Best Original Story for the original A Star is Born. Oh. So there was, was his? Yeah, it was his. Oh. Yeah, well, he directed it. He didn't write it. He directed right. it. Okay. But, so that was his. Um. Like I said, he was um he he joined um the the you're talking about the original as stars yeah not this was, new one with Lady Gaga the new one was like a 1947 movie or something okay. like that yeah they they remade it with the Lady Gaga in um so in Rocket that Raccoon his, or whatever his flight was not during World War II I don't know he, I feel like if you directed a movie in 47 he was in the Foreign Legion I don't know I don't know what that even means yeah I'm not sure either necessarily let's, uh, let's be real. We're not worldly people, Richard and I. So a few other things about how Mr. Wellman is a piece of shit. He didn't like male actors because he thought they were too vain. I mean, you're in front of the camera. You have to be a little vain. Yeah, for sure. And he didn't like female actors, actors even more because they had to, they took too long to get ready because they put on makeup and had to primp. So he, he just hated actors. He hated actors. And everybody who worked with him said he was aggressive, drunk on set all the time. Just, a, just an incredible piece of shit. He had five ex-wives. So he did. He was really well. He did real well with commitment. There's one lady, woman who worked in the industry, a quote it saying, um, "Wellman is a terror. A shoot him up the town fellow. Whatever the hell that means. Trying to be a great big masculine. I don't know what. So basically, she's saying this dude just walked around, just kind of constantly acting like a tough guy. Right. Never dropped the act. Oh, he flew in World War One. Oh, okay. It, it wasn't clear in his biography what wars he fought in. Yeah. It didn't uh, say. Oh, uh, French Foreign Legion is a highly trained infantry force based out of France that accepts foreign recruits. Okay, because he wasn't French, but he wanted to, he really wanted to fly. He wanted to be French. No, he wanted to fly. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Like, the one, one of the most interesting things about him and before he turned, was a complete asshole was he just really wanted to be a pilot more than anything else. And he had all these other opportunities to do other things. Like, but he said, I wanted to be a pilot. So he went ahead and joined and he got shot down, you know. And he spent the rest of his life bragging about how brave he is. Yeah. So yeah, as we watch this movie, I feel better about not really caring for it because Mr. Wellman is somebody I don't really care for as a human in history. But he gave up on acting. He hated it um, because you can't just slap people around apparently as an actor, right. but as a director, right. you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You can't, fu- you can't fire the director unless you're a producer. <laughs> right. As long as he doesn't slap a producer's wife, he's probably fine. And he won another Academy Award for his uh, movie Wings, which was a, a film about... Uh, Flying, he got a lot of flying films because he was a pilot. Yeah, and uh, do what you know. So that's that's what I have for um, Richard's fact corner. All right, Richard's fact corner is over. Middle C. <laughs> I think you'll find that uh, the middle C is a recurring theme of this episode. 
because I'm sitting in front of my keyboard. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's take a quick break, but stick with us because when we back, when we back, <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to break, but uh, stick with us because when we come back, we're going to fly through the first few acts of Island in the Sky. I am an airplane. I was born in man's dream for conquering time and space. I'm made of thunder and lightning, of steel and power. But part of me is composed of the hearts and souls of the men who fly me. For them, I am their island in the sky, their private domain aloft, alone, where they rule, unlimited, unchallenged, until... We're turning northwest until we run out of gas. Well, if we go northwest, Captain, we'll fly right off the map. It says uncharted up that way. Well, you're down. Right in the middle of a big nowhere. They're all dependent on you. They ate today and they're still strong. But tomorrow... So find food. That's number one. Find out where nowhere is, that's number two. Then you can help the others find nowhere. They'll come. They won't leave you alone waiting on a pinpoint nowhere. And despite the weather and my desire to not be in the same room as Richard, we have landed safely and are ready to discuss the first few acts of Island in the Sky. So, I had, I could not help but notice that nobody in this movie uh, put their tray table in the upright and locked position. It's and dangerous. Everybody maintained the reclined position, especially uh, Big Swimmer. Oh yeah, big old Big Swimmer. Big Swimmer. Yeah. Uh, you guys don't know who Big Swimmer is yet, but you'll know. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna know. Real quick, first act, they're flying. There's ice on the wings. They decide to land somewhere north and off course from where they were planning on going because Dewey said it would be flat it would be flat the yeah. northern lights and various other re- like visibility was low they couldn't land in any of their pre-planned available destinations and they have so, drifted it because the compasses don't work right. properly in a northern they, area they were, they were getting all screw, screwed up and their iPhones were dead so iPhones they couldn't were use dead GPS. they couldn't use the GPS yeah um, their garments were also they were stowed in the upper bins and the stewardess wouldn't let them get them out yeah so you mean flight attendant it's 1953 it's a stewardess you're right I'm wrong. I mean, I, you're right. I no, appreciate you're right. You're right. trying to bring it into the modern era. I, know, I, yeah. I agree with you. It should be flight attendant. Yeah, sorry for interrupting you. It's it flight attendant and flight attendant S, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's... <laughs> when they're male flight attendants, they're flight attendants. When they're female flight attendants, they're flight attendant S, like waiter and waitress. An yeah. actor and actress. It's important to you know what, what, what gender the people you, who are waiting on you are. Gender words are really yeah. important for some reason. I'm shaking my head no, but nobody can see that but Richard. Oh, I can see it. Um, As he shakes his head, yes. It's, uh, it drives people nuts that I say actor for both male and female. It makes sense to me. I, I, Why would I use a longer word? <laughs> first of all, <laughs> they don't rate enough to get a syllable, all right? <laughs> I mean, it's not even a syllable. It's actress. It's two syllables. Same one. But they don't get my S's, all right? No. I'm, you don't want my S's. They're actor. Which is okay. nothing but spit. It's male, when there's a group of male actors, when it's a group of females, it's actor. There's a group of female actor there. 
If it's they a, don't get S's. They don't get S's. Because they're women. I was wondering what you were talking about. Yeah. If it's a group of male actors, it's called a gaggle. Yeah. It's a gaggle of male actors. <laughs> and it's a trauma induction if it's a group of female actors. Right. So, Dooley Lance is playing. Yeah. Middle like, of damn nowhere. In middle of nowhere. Softer than the times I've been on Spirit Airlines. It just was like, it was a smooth landing. I expected to hear like a round of applause and... It was great, but he landed it on like the snow ground. Every every Karen in the back of the plane stood up and clapped when they finally got to the terminal. Standing ovation. Yep. From from every I I need to see your manager in the back. It reminds me of that time I told that really funny joke at the grocery store, and then everybody clapped. So let's before and you know what? Before we go into Act Two, we're gonna do our beer review. Oh yeah, let's talk about this. Um. What is this strange brew you brought this, us? This one is I, I don't know if you have ever it's got a it's got a thing in there that a shoots widget. nitrogen. It's a shoots nitrogen into the beer. A nitro widget. Um what who's the brewery on this one? It's brewed in Ireland by Guinness and Company. Who? At the St. James Gate Brewery. Um they've been oh. around. They're relatively new. The brewer uh, brewery has been around since 1759, which is just like in the grand scheme of things, just a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one is Guinness Draft Stout. Um, small brew. Nobody's really heard of this one. Ah. And uh, no, actually, I I picked this one because it's um, very well known, and everybody says they love it, but it does not stand the test of time. Just like John Wayne. Just like John. Just like John Wayne. The John Wayne of beers. It was a deliberate Guinness. choice. Uh, I did really like the art on the can, though. It's got the the Guinness Lion on oh, it. Oh, yeah, this is a which is good great. Can. Um, the tones on the line are awesome. And also, did you know this, Greg? Hold on a second. Oh, on the back of this, it says... "It's Listen to me. And I, this is a direct quote. Government warning. One, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems. If it's a movie, it's, I, think, uh, I think the director of this movie wrote the Surgeon General warning on the back of this can. Yeah. I, there would be some ellipses after... Should not drink alcoholic beverages uh, if I had written that, but I did not. I said it out loud and omitted some words. Omitted some words. Yeah, like during pregnancy. Like during pregnancy. Yeah. Don't drink while you're pregnant, ladies. So, uh, what do you think of the Guinness, Richard? It tastes like a Guinness. It I mean, really, it's smooth. If if you it, haven't it had a, a Guinness. Great finish, and it's a lot weaker than you think it is. It's uh, is it also like John Wayne. Also like John Wayne. Didn't he die of, like, cancer or something? What did John Wayne die from? Uh Tell you what we're going to do. He's still alive, Greg. <laughs> oh, is he? No. <laughs> Can't wait for death for a bit. The cause of death of John Wayne was stomach cancer. Yeah. Died of cancer. That's horrible. Stomach cancer, cancer though. Was like, that's my, that's my like nightmare. Why? I, you know, like that's your nightmare? I have a lot of stomach problems. I feel like getting kidnapped and murdered by bears who do it like slowly, one claw at a time, just peeling the skin from my bones is much worse than <laughs> stomach cancer. Well, I mean, stomach cancer you can explain, but murderous bears that are torturing humans—that's fucked up. Beyond first off, any sort of belief. I have two things to say about that. One is, don't nightmare shame me. And number two, you're, I'm ashamed of your nightmare. Your brain is terrifying, and I hate you for that. Like, like you know, like kind of like Goldilocks, but instead of them just being mad at you, they, oh, for sure, they're uh, no, yeah, they tie you, you up. down. Yeah, they first they let you get hungry and they give you just enough food to keep you alive, but not enough to satisfy you and make you feel healthy and good. And then they start peeling the skin from your body as it after months from of malnutrition, your tissues and yeah. sinew starts to give from malnutrition. And they use your skin to like 
to re like upholster all their at first furniture. they give you enough time to heal between each layer they remove from your body each fresh strip as they slowly remove it from you man you can infect it so quickly then they pour hot porridge on the wounds (laughs) porridge to cauterize it this is daddy's porridge (laughs) right on the open wound Ah, it's too hot that's right (laughs) this is mama's once in a while why is it so cold (laughs) once in a while though they'll pour uh they'll pour baby baby bear's porridge right on your wound and you'll think ah now that is just right but then they come back for another piece of skin. Oh, man. By the twisted mind of Rob Zombie. <laughs> you know what the worst three part bears. about this is? These three bears? They're not even killing you to eat you. They're just th- they're throwing your skin into their composter. It's for fun. Just, just you know, they, they might can. They might keep your skin later for like, like a human skin. Right? They're intelligent bears with opposable thumbs. You're doomed. They can run 35 miles an hour. Try and run. Doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. They'll get you. Go up a tree, good luck. They can climb, too. They can too. climb trees. You know they can run sideways? They can run sideways. They can run front ways. They can rear up on their hind legs and be like 10 feet fucking tall. Don't, they can have anything they want from me. Don't fuck with hyper smart bears with opposable thumbs. Oh. Just get out of their house, man. If you're in the woods and you see a bear house, don't go in. And if you see two or three bears having a legitimate human conversation, just walk the other Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. You have nothing valuable to add to that. Just take your check your privilege, go home. All right, bears don't need it from you. Sonny boy, you forgot your Wheaties this morning. From now on, we start a coffee grinder watch. Every 30 minutes, somebody's going to be cranking that there gadget as long as they can. But what about this movie where nothing happens? Yeah. Uh, Man, the fact that we have no movie to talk about, and so we talk about making up our own movies about bears peeling the skin from your bones, should speak volumes about how we felt about this particular movie. There's only like three major plot points. Seriously. it's So, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you. I'm going to let you. They crash, Greg. Six it days wasn't of a food. crash. Oh, yeah. It was an emergency landing. Emergency landing. We should have been a, on a lake. A lesser man would have crashed. This is Dooley. This is Dooley. This is Papa Dooley or whatever. Papa Dooley. It's like to call him. He, uh, they have six days of food at, like, at most. Uh, good thing one of them does freeze to death eventually. So then they only have to worry about, mm-hmm. like, rationing for the other four. Uh, they have six days of food. They have some battery in the plane. And they have an emergency, uh, radio thing that you hand crank. They called it the coffee grinder. Dooley does send uh, a radio signal out that gets printed out in this cool like typewriter. I love that part. Yeah, it's so cool. Seeing it type the words, I was I was into that. That was hydro technology at the time. Really neat. He was saying, you know, fifties facts, fifties facts. It was. He was all civilian pilots who are involved in this, this kind of this group that does all the deliveries throughout the north northwest area, like sure. Iceland and shit. He's like, come on out, try to find us. We fucked. So that's when everybody kind of gets together. That's when you learn, you get these three teams. Why were they in Iceland? Why were they communicating with Iceland? They were in Canada. They were like in like Westland, Western Canada. Dude, they kept talking about like landing in Iceland and shit or Greenland. They, I don't they, even know. Well, that know. was at the beginning when they were yeah. trying to find a place to go, uh, they, they, but they weren't going to be able to go northeast, so they ended up having to go northwest. Yeah, uncharted land. Yeah. Basically. They called it uncharted land. He was like, it's flat. And everybody's like, oh, okay, Papa Dooley. How would you even know? Because it's- Papa Dooley's wise. Quebec. He knows everything. Right. He's Papa Dooley. <laughs> so- we, they scrambled three civilian teams, and we, we gave, I gave each of them each of them names. The first team is Team Big Swimmer, 
because we meet this kind of overweight guy with his kids <laughs> at the YMCA and he's swimming. He's the only guy who takes his shirt off in the whole movie. Yeah, they're like at the yeah. Y swimming with his kids and he just sends them home. And he just like the camera's just like rested on their butts when they go to swim for way too long. You know, we get to stare at this like three hundred pound man's ass. For- they didn't understand filming action quite as well <laughs> as they do now. Right. Plus styles change and sometimes you know. Sometimes people want to see like a 300 pound man's ass. Of all the asses we got to look I at. I was a larger than 300 pound man. You think so? Oh, for sure. He was a big man. I was pushing 300 pounds for a while there. I know what 300 pounds looks like. Fair I enough. was bigger than You could swim though. Beat the shit swim. out of his kids. Yeah. I mean, he was tall enough to get to the other side of the pool in like three strokes, yeah. but he beat, beat the shit out of his kids. Um, so <laughs> he- uh, That's- he did not beat his children in the movie. He beat them in he, swimming. He, he defeated them in a race. And he, then he made them go home. And then he said, on their own. On the bus. <laughs> find your way home, shitheads, he said. <laughs> he did as say. he shoved them back into the pool. He did say, can you find pulled, your own way home? They were in their clothes in the middle of winter, <laughs> and he shoved them back into the pool. Called them shitheads. And I don't think you watched this home. movie, Greg. I watched this movie. That was the part right before he killed his wife, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 you didn't watch this movie. So he, uh, he does tell his kids, like, t- you know, it's a sign of the era. He goes, you guys get home all right, right? One kid's got at most eight or nine years old, and the other kid is like four. Yeah, it's like a 10-year-old and maybe a five or six-year-old. And they're like, yeah, we got this. We'll take the bus. Sure, man. <laughs> okay. Or the trolley or whatever it is they Thanks. call it. air quotes, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's Team Big Swimmer. He He's the he's the captain of a team. He's big and he's a swimmer, and he's yeah. the captain of the plane. Yep. Actually, he's my favorite character in the movie. He's yeah, I, I did I did enjoy him as a character. And he was... Uh, he's this, the only redeeming part of this movie, in my opinion. Exactly. And this whole part where they're showing us this team of people is all done through comedic beats. Comedic oh, God, music. It's, yeah. It's, that was so disjointed versus everything else, the tone of the rest of the movie. It like, was... Uh, and I think it was part of um, old Billy Wellman trying to uh, show <laughs> how much he appreciated man's men. Doing man's man things, do manning around. Billy Wellman also, old Wild Bill. He uh, he's a director of a handful of comedy movies as well. So he does slapstick. He has a couple of slapstick movies behind him. So he was just showing off his full range. Yeah, slapstick stuff. Like the abusive comedy of the fifties does not stand the test of time. If you're curious, it doesn't. And that's where we get introduced to Team Man Thrower. Team Man Thrower <laughs> has a very handsome looking like football captain guy. And six foot three, probably maybe yeah, a little taller. Pretty stocky, obviously lifts some weights. Uh, this big little fellow, yeah, big old fellow. This little guy comes up, probably about five three, and he's like ten years older than him. And he comes up to wake him up, and he's just like this beta, like head down kind of dude. And Mac, when he gets woken up by the guy, who's now hang on, now you 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 sound upset at how Mac reacted to this guy. This guy, it comes in there and is gently like pulling on the blanket. Hey, buddy, it's time to wake up, buddy. Come on, buddy. And then he sticks his whole hand in the guy's butt. Oh, did he? And, like his whole hand went right up Mac's butt. It was probably cold as hell. I, oh, I, like, yeah. It was through the blanket, but still, it was a butt full, a butt full of fist that he got from, there from you this go. guy. That's why Mac was mad. So Mac gets up, chases him down, picks him up like, uh, what is that move in wrestling? Like across the body, across the front of his body. I mean, it would have been like a body slam. Hold, yeah. The pre-body slam. Carries him out to the window, which is already open for some reason in the middle of fucking winter. Mac likes it cold, man. Mac likes it chilly. That's why they're sending Mac to go rescue Papa Dooley. True. Because he can stand the cold. He can handle it. He throws this dude out the window into the snow. 
just tosses him, man just throws him. seriously chucked him right out into this giant snowdrift that's just outside the window. And his co-pilot has this, like, tally thing where he, like, the old How many movie. times he's thrown somebody out the window? But maybe, it's how many, maybe it's how many times that little guy's grabbed Max's ass. Maybe that that's what he's, uh, because I got another ass grab. There we yeah. go. <laughs> Max pissed because he got his butt fisted again. Yeah. But that's all you, that's all you really get from Mac. He's... He throws a man around. He's yeah, he's man thrower. Nothing, nothing put together. I mean, maybe in the fifties it was funny, but once again, it just does not hold up. It didn't hold up. It wasn't that funny. And then we got um, Team Exhausted. It's just a team of people who just got back from a run and yeah. they're just tired and they just and they're they want to go out and search right away. They're they the mean, only ones who make any sense to me. They're like, yeah, we got to go right now. We and everybody's like, friend. just chill out. Yeah, take a nap. And they're like, fine, four hours. That's it. Then we're gone. Yeah, because they're like, you're not gonna be any help to anybody. If you're, we gotta go looking for you too. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. It's not gonna help Dooley if we have to go find you too. That's team exhausted, and that these are our crackpot pilots who are gonna find Dooley. And this is actually based on a true story. Is it based on a true story? Yes. Um, William K. Gann wrote the book Island in the Sky, and he, it was based on a similar scenario that he was involved in because he was also a pilot. This was done made entirely by pilots, which is kind of cool. Which is why we get the movie opens with a monologue. Where it's just pilot circle jerking. He's like, pilots are the greatest men ever. Yeah. So brave. So daring. Don't you just love pilots? Go hug a pilot. I will say. Give um, a pilot all your money. He's the best. Maybe it's uh, how romanticized that style of plane was after World War II. Yeah. I really like the fucking planes in this movie. Yeah, those like C-47s, yeah, they call them. they all yeah. look great. They're awesome planes. And there were no special effects. Everything was done with these planes. There's very few sets. It was just... You know, they just crashed a plane in the in the middle of nowhere. Landed it. Yeah, <laughs> yep, emergency landing. It was a smooth landing. They actually <laughs> sent these quote unquote actors into the wilderness to die. That was their intention. But then John Wayne had friends that came out to <laughs> rescue him. Perfect. And they were like, you know what? Let's document this. And they did a documentary style film of Perfect. John Wayne's friends. Perfect. It's exactly what I was thinking. Ernest Gann, he wrote this. He, he did this movie based on a book that he wrote, and it was based on a true life thing. And you can actually read about that if you buy the book Fate is the Hunter, which is an autobiographical book that he wrote. So they did hunt down some friends of his and they found them. So um, you said that, so maybe uh, he expanded upon the story that he told about his flying career in Fate is the Hunter, but I do recall in the credits it said it was based on um, Ernest Gann's book, uh, yep. Island in the Sky. Yep. Uh, yeah, he lost a friend and they lost Oh, some... so he released the book after, well after. Okay, so the book yeah. came out in 61, I see. Exactly. And he, he, um, and I guess like we were talking earlier, there was in Northern Canada during World War II where this actually took place in mm -hmm. real life in, from Gant's autobiography. I got a uh, challenge question for you, Greg. You got one? Um, I don't know if you've already read it, but maybe you didn't. I have not. What do you think the budget of this movie was? Um, 1953? Yeah. God. Uh, they, you said it's all practical, the film, air, airplane yep. shots and everything, Everything's like it's actual airplane practical or like a tiny bit of set work. Were, but they, not were much. it models? Do you know? I'm going with eight hundred thousand dollars. Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, nine hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars. No, all it's right. estimated, so you could be. A, I could right, be right on. Yeah, for all we know. Yeah, I could be spot on. You're estimated too. How is your How is your number any less valid than her number? You both no, estimated. I'm not estimated. I exist. <laughs> I'm right here in front of you. Prove it. <laughs> oh, open your eyes nope literally in the same room as me how did you even get here with your eyes closed by the way you haven't opened them since you've gotten here it's a fun game I play I'm, I'm impressed honestly I'm I, impressed. Just, I just haven't left since last time we did a podcast of it. <laughs> my, my that corner. explains why I saw your car across the street for the last three weeks <laughs> so it's the corner for yeah Liz and I broke up 
<laughs> I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, I understand. She dumped me. It was, I have a similar corner at our house, and it just got to be too much. Worst women have dumped you, so. <laughs> yeah, worst women have dumped me. <laughs> true story. Now we're talking, if we're talking facts. <laughs> so, they're searching for him. They're, they're hard to find because they're going to have the same compass Dude, issues. Like that dual a having. million mile, a million square miles or some shit. Well, probably several yeah. hundred square miles at least that they have an idea of where to look. He was and able they're to, tiny people. Of course, it's going to be hard to find. Yeah, he was able to send longitude, but that's it. No latitude. Yeah. So they're just like flying across this line, hoping to like get lucky and find them. Yeah. And that's pretty much what this movie is. It God, is. It's so boring. Watching it's, the three teams in their cockpits. Did I cover it at the beginning where I said... It's conversations in offices yeah. and then conversations in airplanes and then conversations in the snow. In Nothing the snow. Yep. happens in this movie. There's no real drama. There's, There's one piece of drama. Two pieces of drama. Why don't you tell me the drama, Richard? And I'll tell you how stupid it is. Well, Frank dies. Frank was an idiot who walked out in the middle of a snowstorm to go quote unquote hunting. He deserved to die. All that was, was uh, survival of the fittest showing what it actually means. What would the happen man if, walked yeah. out in negative, however cold temperatures, with a shotgun to go hunting in the wilds in the winter of northern Quebec. He made a bad decision that led to his untimely death, which frankly was probably far too long. Yeah, he was a Frank Sokol at the end. He died like three feet from the nose of the plane because had no visibility it was a snowstorm tail of the plane tail, tail of the plane. plane you're right tail of the plane it was no visibility that was kind of a dramatic scene i didn't want frank to die i didn't care okay. i didn't care about any of them well you're a monster i am <laughs> and then uh we could talk about it more in the next uh section but when the uh the rescue planes do fly over and miss them entirely at one point <laughs> yeah. oh so the whole time yeah. that they're on this island the only thing that the only thing that Dooley papa Dooley's doing and the only thing their team is doing is a sending out SOSs through the battery of the plane, and they have this crank thing they call the the um, coffee grinder. Yeah, and they're cranking that thing to send out weaker signals. Right, and they're talking a little bit, but not even about their lives. At the end of the movie, you find out that the characters are surprised to find out that Frank has a wife and kid. It's like you guys had all this time, six days. Right, you didn't have a little conversation about. They probably I presume going they home knew to? each other prior, but I guess they might not have. They could have just been thrown together. Well, you know, group. Greg, men's men don't talk men's about men's men don't talk about their feelings. And that reminds me, did I did I talk while we were recording about the one scene where somebody's like, Dooley's alive, guys, and he like wipes his nose with his handkerchief, and the co-pilot is looking like, why is this guy showing emotion? And he looks disgusted with the pilot for showing that he cared about Frank Dooley or Ca uh, Captain Dooley. Yeah. Not Frank Dooley. It's well, whatever's customary. Dooley. Papa Dooley, I think is his first name is Papa, right? Papa Dooley. Papa Dooley. Yeah. Papa Dooley. Whatever's customary. Yeah, whatever's customary. There's a guy whose only line in this movie is to say whatever's customary. Yep. He's comic relief, you know, when your friends are freezing to death in the snow, you need that guy. <laughs> you need somebody to break the ice. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, 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 I do get it. You know what? That calls for a middle C. <laughs> Well, we are, believe it or not, through the first two acts of this fucking movie. Yeah, and I'm hungry, and you look delicious. Like, I'm looking at you much like um, a cartoon character peers across a boat stranded in the ocean. You're starting to look like a giant drumstick. That's because I'm wearing a chicken costume. 
Oh, that, <laughs> that does explain a lot. I thought I was going mad with hunger. You thought I lost weight. I get it. <laughs> lost weight. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll be back with the final act and our final thoughts and all, all sorts of finality. Yeah. Not as final as Frank. No, Frank's, Frank's dead. Frank's dead, man. So why don't you guys uh, think about that? Moment of silence break. for Frank. Uh, moment of silence for old Frankie boy. Old Frankster. The Franksicle. Frank. Franksicle. I'm going to be Frank. Can I be Sharon? I was playing dead and frozen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I could tell. I thought that was like your normal, you know, Yeah, comedy. it's my, re- I have resting <laughs> dead and frozen face. <laughs> frozen so. face. All right, we'll be back. His patriotism has never wavered, but today he's a little disillusioned with modern America. We're being represented by men who are kowtowing to minorities where they can get votes. And uh, I think it's bad for well, for our country. And I uh, am sad to see minorities make so much of themselves as a hyphenated American. I wish they'd all get to thinking that they're Americans as they should and as they have luckily been born here and couldn't be better off in any other place. Uh, they shouldn't, there shouldn't be so much whining and bellyaching. Guys, yeah. we're back for the stunning conclusion. So let's actually all get our seat backs in the upright locked position. Get your, make sure your seat belts are buckled, fastened, whatever you want to call it. Get your, you know, don't recline. Reclining's bad for the landing, uh, especially since we're going to be landing on a frozen lake in the middle of northern Quebec. And we're all going to die anyways. Presently. Yeah, not shortly. Uh, I'm not a pilot, so... It was a really bad decision for me to take off. Worst decision for you to get on. <laughs> Why they gave me this job? I have no idea. I know the owner's husband. Oh, so. nepotism. Yep. Before we get to the end, I got a couple more uh, facts for Richard's Fact facts. Corner. Hang on. Richard's Fact. I'm going to play you into Richard's Fact Corner. Middle C. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. This one's for you, Greg. This is a great one. I thought you would like this is one. It, is it about Middle C? No. Yeah, uh, it could be, though. All right. Hit me. This one. All right. This was one of the first three films released the- theatrically. Yeah, you know, I just read that. Actually. That uses a uh, Warner Phonic sound. It's an early four-channel surround sound system. Uh, you can't find a version of this with that, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's all mono. It's not even stereo. Probably because <laughs> nobody, nobody playing the home game had that kind of setup in their houses. Nor did they know how to mix it down in a way to yeah. be like... So like any re-releases that would have been done for video when it was first released would have been really friggin' basic. So right, like, I mean, like, yeah. Beta? Or uh, over the air. That would have been about it. For like, I, there was nothing before Betamax tapes, right? That I can think of for playing. At there home. might have been like really expensive laser yeah. setups or something. No, no, real to real stuff. Yeah, that's Richard's fact corner. That's the one I want to get in there. I thought that would be great. I thought you would like that one. Middle C. Well, I for one uh, really want to talk about everybody getting rescued. Yeah, I saw the plane fly over. That was a dramatic moment. They had three they planes go right by them. Zip, missed them right entirely. over their heads. And they were like, you know Nothing what? Nothing they could do. Maybe, maybe we should get that flare gun ready in case we see these motherfuckers again. Yeah. John, but they, you know, God forbid they would have been prepared the first time. Papa Dooley goes, why don't you boys go down there and get the flare gun, Pilgrim? Perfect. Yeah. And so we have it ready. That and the pistol, so we have it ready. and it's- That way we can kill them all when they come to rescue <laughs> us so we have some food. Yeah. Yeah. A couple things I want to note before we, before we move on to the end of this movie. One is... They bury Frank, which I have no idea how they managed to do. 
He dug a hole uh, at the roots of that tree earlier too. Yeah. Uh, while while Frank was out hunting, and I was like, why would they even fucking bother? The permafrost layer there would have been really thick that time of year, and they just have like a pretty basic shovel. And you're gonna you're all like starving. You're gonna spend energy to That's drag the energy you need a, to spend a dead body. You know, you're not gonna give it back to his wife. When you guys go home, well, to be fair, they didn't know they were ever going to go home. Fair enough. So, but you're just going to leave them buried underneath that tree. You're not going to go dig them up. What a waste. Yeah. So the Frank Sokol got buried, and that was pretty, uh, pretty wasteful. But you know, they had to kill some more film time because it already wasn't a two-hour movie of nothing happening. <laughs> right. It was very important that nothing happened in a way that uh, we had to endure somebody doing manual labor in the snow, mm-hmm. and then standing around the hole they dug. <laughs> it was very. <laughs> it's. I've got to say. Of all the weird fucking shit we do as humans, putting dead people in holes and then standing around those holes is the weirdest. Yeah. It's like, like yep. there are so many other ways you could celebrate the life of your family members. I, when I go, if I do get a, an actual funeral plot for whatever, re, or a cemetery plot for some reason, which I do not want, I want to be, I mean, ideally you just like let wolves eat me or something. That would be fine. Oh, feed, feed just nature. Yeah. Fuck it. Just put me somewhere where my body will serve nature. And maybe do a little bit of, uh, undo a little bit of the damage humanity has done. Don't embalm me. Don't do shit to my body. Just fucking feed me to something. I, honestly, that's, that or, like, I'm thinking about donating myself to medical science. Oh, that's science. a good idea. Yeah. yeah, donation to medical science. That way we can, uh, maybe they'll bring us back one day. Yeah. They'll just be like, well, we have this b- brain that's in formaldehyde. Maybe we can bring that back too, guys. Ooh. We'll be somebody's crazy mad experience. Because that's what they'll think. They'll be like. This is the guy we need to bring back. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. They'll they'll have mislabeled the jar. <laughs> yeah. It'll I'm be my, my name. Did Abraham Lincoln <laughs> like the eman- the great emancipator? Yeah. That's gonna be my full name. So when they when they when they look at the thing, they're like, well, it's got to be Shit, we've got Abe Lincoln's brain. <laughs> it's gotta be the right I one. They got the shit blown out of it by a fucking guy in a theater. <laughs> All lies. It's gotta be the right one. It's called the great emancipator. Who else would call themselves that? Nobody would ever call themselves that. Somebody had to have put this label on there deliberately. It's gotta be him. It's gotta be him. It's gotta be him. And when I get brought back, I'm just gonna just be like So anyway, we stand around a hole it. on an island in a frozen <laughs> lake. Belfort. <laughs> and then the airplanes come. And they decide that instead of rescuing people, they're just going to, like, throw food at them and fly away. <laughs> they just don't. And it's like, look at these idiots. Let's feed them. Trick them into thinking we're coming back. They do. Which I, I guess was a possibility, right? We, yeah. They, yeah. There's always the chance that they could never find them again after they've stopped and dropped food off. I do like my headcanon where they shoot the plane out of the sky. Yeah. Like, yeah they, he you got see the pistol now, for a reason, so blast those motherfuckers. <laughs> she is now, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> but you now he sees us. Flew past us, bam, 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 bam. Steal the plane and fly away. Dinner's on, boys. <laughs> First they eat the crew, <laughs> then they steal the plane and fly home to eat the entire city that they live in. That's a John Wayne movie I want to see. That is a John Wayne movie I want to see. The the four of them flying back to whatever city they're from. As soon as they get off the plane, they go on a killing and eating spree. And nobody knows how to stop John Wayne because he's such a man. We can't shoot John Wayne, and when they try, the bullets bounce right off of him. He's just <laughs> eating everyone. He's unstoppable. If you're not stomach cancer, just you can't stop John <laughs> <That's> Wayne. <right. laughs> the only thing that can stop John Wayne is disease. Well, it's like a, a monster movie. His outside is so hard, you have to go through the inside to kill John Wayne. <laughs> so oh. they shoot a flare. Shoot a flare. And they, they get food. They see them. I guess they also saw them because the radio, their, their little coffee grinder radio was making their compasses bounce around. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was like, 
Most of the movie were like, are you listening hard enough? I'm listening. But are you listening hard enough? I'm listening hard enough. Oh, there was some suspense because they were like, should we go back and check over again? The same place? Or should we go to a new place? And they left it and cut to the next scene. He had no idea what they were going to do. Nope. That was, that was it. That was, do they go back to the place they were pretty sure the people were, or do they go somewhere that they totally have no idea? That's I mean, a good, good, good thought process. I didn't know how this movie was going to end because of some of the movies we've already seen, these older yeah, movies. Yeah, I was, I was surprised, but it, it, when I, when I... It's an it's a fifties John Wayne movie. I knew it had to have at least a mostly happy ending. Yeah. And it pretty much did. The only person that died was Frank, and who gives a shit about Frank except for his wife and kid. All right. Richard, tell me what you liked, didn't what like, you didn't like, and then didn't like, the final, like, didn't final like. Richter scale score. Whatever scale you want to use. I don't care if it's I like the Richter scale. scale. I like the Richter scales too. It's a nice play on words from disasters <laughs> and earthquakes or disasters. You the, know, it works. In the comedy scene they call it a pun. Pun? Pun. It might be a wordplay. <laughs> wordplay? Could be a pun. What I like about these movies, uh-huh. I always like about these movies, is uh-huh. the window into the era you get. That's always going to- People. Find- People into the people era. People into the era. It's always going to amuse me a little bit to see that. I also thought that some of the shots were really great. What I don't like about this movie, it's just about everything else. To sum it all up, this movie is like the movie Alive. If you know, none to spectacle, heroism, or cannibalism. Yeah. So all the stuff that made the movie Alive interesting. Right. If you take all, if you strip all of the interesting things out of a live, what do you get? This movie. Four cold people waiting for somebody to give them a ride home. You know, and they should have ate Frank. It's fucking infuriating if they didn't even consider eating Frank. They might have, but they didn't certainly put it in the movie. It was too Christian to do that, I think. You know what I mean? We would never do that. We'd rather die. Fuck that. Right. He dead. Eat him. So I give this movie a 4.36 on the Richter scale. 4.36 on the Richter scale. I watched it three times, Greg. I know. But it was so hard. It seems a little high. You really? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a small earthquake of a movie. Yeah, tiny earthquake. Tiny well, Greg, you know, I'm dying. No, you're actually dying, yes, because I'm killing you. That's literally what's happening. Uh, you don't have to tell me. I know. Yeah, can we take the pins out of my wrist? Nope. Okay, great. How do you, like, how do you feel about this movie? So, I really, I liked the airplanes, and some of the, like, camera work in the movie was cool. The The sound was decent, uh, as far as, like, the, the sound effects and, and all that good stuff. It seemed, it, it, was, it was not as, um, I always, I, the word crunchy comes to mind <laughs> when I watch old movies. They just yeah. don't sound great. Uh, but this one did not fall victim to that. It, it was pretty, pretty decent sound quality. No rappers or papers go like they do in those old right, movies. Yeah. Right. Um, I did not like the fact that there were virtually no subplots that added anything of value to the, the overall feel of the movie. There were no, there was no like redemption arc. There were no characters doing anything, uh, taking them out of their comfort zone outside of being cold. Um, I never really felt like anybody was at risk of anything except when Frank made his dumb decision to go out in a blizzard with a fucking shotgun in hopes of finding a wild animal. I get the desperate times thing, but there are better desperate times. Like when it's not a fucking blizzard out. Um, yeah, I, I, I was not in love with this guy. I would say Island in the sky is probably right around a four, 4.2 ish on the Gregter scale. Sounds about right. Yeah. Or like you're copying me a little bit, but just going a little lower. You know, I, I didn't want to be, uh, I want to be cooler. Mm. And in this case, lower is cooler. Yeah. Negative yeah. 40 degrees was the temperature. I'm going to give this movie a middle C. It's 
passing. Uh, we will catch you next week. Yeah. You can or next time we play anyway. So we've got you know the 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 We're watch pod uh, on the, the Godzilla next you, week. Will I you think. will you the chill out? Let me close this out. Fine. We're gonna watch Godzilla next week since Richard wants to tell 2000. us that. Godzilla 2000 starring Matthew Broderick and that French guy that's in The Professional. Pierre, probably. Uh, I don't he's remember French. his name. Yeah, Pierre. Pierre, he's Pierre. here from France. He's ready to complain about your coffee and croissants. Oh! Uh, yeah, that's what's going to be on the next episode of the What a Disaster podcast. In the meantime, once again, mm-hmm. WadPod on... Mm-hmm. Uh, is it PodWad or WadPod? Ah. Look, at your, look at your little notes. It's PodWad. PodWad on the Twit. PodWad on Twit. Wad Podcast on Instagram. Find us on the Facebook. Give us uh, likes and reviews or whatever it is that you do to give us positive feedback in the podcast thingies of your choice. Glad to have those. Glad to have you. I would very much like to keep you as a listener. So you look really nice today, and it means a lot to me that you're here, and I appreciate you as a person. Your your self-worth should not be tied to anything except for how often you listen to us. Right. You're a kind person because you hit play on this. Exactly. And I think... uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Anything you got going on? Uh, I was just going to like say that if you're not listening to this, then you're fucking useless. Yeah. Completely useless to me. For sure. And uh, I think that uh, we'll give you one last middle C. Middle C. Perfect. There it is. Oh, you're so good, that middle C. You know what? Let's give you one last loud middle C. Velocity. That's right. All right. Catch you next time. Thanks. Yes, I do. Do you like oatmeal? No, I don't. Unless you fart on it. Do you like fart oatmeal? Yes. <laughs> Little C. <laughs> Did you see uh my 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 right back in? I like yours better, but my Oh, right let's back go. In. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you what Richard wrote. Welcome back. We're still here. Richards needs to stop complaining. He still has a whole other leg that I didn't eat, so he'll be fine. We're now ready to discuss the final act and ending of Island in the Sky. <laughs> that voice. <laughs> I think the voice really helped. It does. It sounds just like me. That's a weird part. Yeah. Middle C. <laughs> 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 <laughs>